Okay, for this week's participation assignment, I decided to um, interview a leader that I know. Um, not only was he a captain of the scout football team um, at our high school, but more importantly, he just finished um, Marine Corps Officer Candidate School and is preparing to become a Marine Corps Officer in May, which is when he will be commissioned. So, this is my brother Ryan. Hi. Hello. Um, so this week in class, we studied the idea of fault of what it means to be a follower. Um, this is for my leadership class, but this week in particular, we discussed what it meant to be a follower. So I'm gonna ask you some, um, I'm gonna ask you some questions relating to the concept that I learned this week. So and feel free to elaborate on these questions as much as you would like. So from your personal experience, how would you describe followership? Followership is basically being a team player. Um, it doesn't mean that you have to necessarily yield always to the quote-unquote leader. It just means that you have to be a team player and do your part, no matter how small, to ensure that you can accomplish a goal. Okay, cool. Um, so when emphasizing how to be a leader, do you think it's just as important? So when talking about what it means to be a leader do you think it's just important to discuss what being a follower should look like and the importance of being a follower yes i do absolutely okay i want to um ask a statement that was mentioned in class and i want to see your thoughts on it and if you agree with it the world needs more followers and less glorified leaders um do I agree with that? Uh, I think I would, I don't know, I would kind of agree. I think the world needs more quiet leaders. Uh, I do agree with you, though. I think it needs less glorified leaders. I think a lot of leaders, especially in America, do it for their own gain. Um, I think that's one thing OCS taught me. It's be a leader, but as a leader, you serve others. You don't glorify yourself. And if you do, you're not really a leader. Right, that's very important. Um, so we also discussed the kind of ethical consequences to followership. Um, in the sense that the character and behavior of followers have an impact on organizational outcomes. So from your experience um, at OCS, you know, where I know you participated in roles where you were a leader but also a follower... Um, how would you say that the behaviors of the followers have an impact on the organizational or mission outcomes? Well, uh, I guess you could say that, at least at OCS, you could accomplish any task without a necessary designated leader, but you always need the followers. So without the followers, there is no leader. So um, I think that being a good follower again means being a good team player so yeah that's specifically what I would say. so would you say that the followers behavior directly affects the leader yes absolutely. and the yeah, or yeah. and the, uh, yeah, the the followers make or break the leader so if the followers want to screw over the leader they can do so anytime they want and the leader really cannot gang up or punish a follower unless the other followers go along with it so Oh, it's important to remember. That is very important to remember. Um, so that leads into my next question, which you kind of already answered, but I'd like you to elaborate more from your personal experience. Um, 
who do you think influences each other more? The leader influencing the follower or the follower influence follower influencing the leader? And if you do, maybe have a story from OCS. Uh, I think the follow honestly, when I was at OCS, I got the opportunity to be in charge of the entire platoon. I was the platoon sergeant, so I was in charge of sixty other candidates. Um, and in that one instance, it was really that the followers influenced me because I was really humbled by the quality of individuals that came from across the United States to be Marine officers. Um, it was really humbling. I really recognized pretty quickly I was very mediocre compared to some of these people, some of these men. So uh, I would argue that uh, in that scenario, the followers definitely influenced me to do the best I could. And then I hope I influence them by encouraging them uh, and just being a positive influence. And I'm not sure I was always successful at that, but they always inspired me, so. Very cool. So, um, your experience at OCS is actually very, a really cool example for this particular topic, because yes, this is a class on leadership, but specifically we're, we're thinking about what it means to be a follower. So, can you kind of briefly give um give a synopsis of what your roles were at OCS when you were in the leadership position and then um kind of a description of what it was to be a follower which one you enjoyed more and just kind of which one you felt was harder what had more challenges what would you prefer it's kind of so I would say that I prefer being a follower. Well, I, I would say that I grew more as a leader. I had two leadership positions at OCS. I was a squad leader at first, so I was in charge of 13 other candidates. And then I became the platoon sergeant in charge of 60 other candidates. Um, oh. When I was a follower, I was much more easy to screw around. get, And I did end up getting in trouble when I didn't actually have a billet. Um but when I was a leader, it was a lot harder to do that because you're actually responsible for people. So um, if you're getting in trouble, that means they're getting in trouble. And then it just becomes a chain of everyone's in a bad mood because you're screwing off. So, But I would say that yeah, if I'm being lazy, I'd probably rather be a follower. But if I'm trying to go somewhere and get something, I'd rather be a leader. Now, do you think if you could go back and if you could, because I know this isn't normal to do, um, but that's why I really like this specific topic, specific topic from this week. If you could go back and you could value your position as a follower just as much as you, ste- you stepped up and valued your position as a leader, do you think you would have gotten more out of your experience at Officer Candidate School? Yes, I would have. I would have been able to be, I think, a more... I think... I could have encouraged the leader to a greater degree. I think followers followers can also be the biggest encouragers of their leader if they choose to be. Um, and I think I should have been more encouraging when I was at OCS to some people that I really cared about. So. Yeah, because that is interesting. Um, I think of like in my different positions of leadership versus being a follower is that we do not approach being a follower, we don't think of it as a role like we do being a leader. And I think that if we did, it would it would benefit us more. Um, do you think throughout your life you 
are more often a leader or more often a follower? I would say, uh, again, I think it depends. In high school, I was a lot more of a follower. I think now I'm a lot more of a leader. Um, I don't know, but it depends. I mean, I honestly, I would most of the time, I'm probably just a follower unless I have to be a leader. Okay, so let's get a little more specific from what the content of this week. Um, so we looked at four different typologies of leader leadership that were developed by four different people. Um, there's one I want to discuss with you, Ryan, in particular. Um, not only since you are in the not only since that you are beginning a career in the military, but also I know you're pretty well versed in history. So um, this specific typology, one of the four, is referred to as, I can't pronounce this right, but the uh, no, no, the Chalif typology. Um, this specifically was developed from World War I and kind of based off of the example seen in leadership during World War I. And one question that the guy, Chalif, who developed this typology was, was kind of the question he was trying to answer was why do people follow toxic leaders like Hitler? Um, that's a good question. I think part of it is you have to remember that when you look like I I know like you have examples of Hitler. You also have examples in World War One, right? Where like people made a lot of stupid mistakes, a lot of leaders. But I think one thing that's important to remember is that we weren't there, so we don't understand exactly the dynamic. You know, people are very complicated things, right? Complicated beings. Um, I think there could be a variety of reasons. It could be fear is one of them. Um, empty promises made by the leader is another one. Um, like, obviously, you know, if you did join the Nazi party, you were going to get certain benefits that other Germans wouldn't get. Um, you know, it's the same in the Soviet Union. If you're a member of the Communist Party, you get benefits other people don't get. The same in World War One, right? If you're a loyal soldier, you'll probably be more rewarded than those that are not. Uh, so it's just, it, it's not a good probably environment, though, if you have to stomp on other people to get to the top, so... So, we know Hitler, you know, yes, he got a lot of, um, he became popular from the German citizens, but how, because he was very charismatic in the way he talked and very convincing, but how he was really able to wield, yield power was not necessarily by the citizens following him, but the military, because that's where he got his power from. Right. So, can you kind of understand and almost, not sympathize with soldiers in the German army, but, you know, being in that position of being a follower in the military, can you kind of understand how it might have been easier for him to sway people in the military? So, we learned, actually, a lot about, so I, Hitler's an interesting guy to study, but he actually did not trust the regular German army very much, so he created another army group called the Waffen-SS. Um, and basically is what he did is he stacked the Waffen SS with fanatics essentially and he used those fanatics to hunt Jewish people, other ethnic minorities. He, those, the people that were in the SS were essentially the hammer. They made Nazism possible. The Wehrmacht, which is the regular German army, you was a mixture of those who were drafted. They were forced to go 
And there were actually multiple attempts. We know that Erwin Rommel tried to kill Hitler. We know that Colonel uh, von Stauffenberg tried to kill Adolf Hitler, as well as many other generals in the Wehrmacht. So there was definitely a lot of conflict. And I would say that, again, the Wehrmacht soldiers that were loyal did so out of fear, more so than anything. Um, I, and again, I, I would maybe maybe my understanding might be too simplified, but my understanding is usually that the most fanatical jerks were in the SS, not the regular army, because they didn't trust the army like they did the SS, so. Okay, that reminds me of some stuff that we learned in this course um, towards the beginning, which was this idea of, of whether people are born as natural leaders or if anyone can become a leader. Um, and I, I should remember the name of there are a couple different theories involved in that. I should remember the name set. Sorry, Dr. Bruce. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Because that kind of makes me think. So, you know, if he had to, you know, he had the, there was a regular German army. And it seems like, you know, people like Rommel and those other um, people you mentioned, they weren't as willing to, to kind of bend to his power. Do you think that those people like Rommel were, were just naturally leaders or... I don't know, like, in the people, does that kind of... So I would say, I would actually disagree with you. Initially, Rommel did bend to Hitler's power. It was only towards the end that they start to realize that his uh, his policies were insane. Uh, and most didn't. It was still a minority that decided to go against him. But I would say that, uh, like, I don't know, are there some people that have natural leadership abilities? I think so. Uh, I think Winston Churchill is an example of someone who had natural leadership abilities. FDR, you could argue, had natural leadership abilities. Um, I, I do. I don't necessarily believe anyone can be a leader. I don't actually believe that. I think it is a trait only some people have. Um, I think it can be developed, but I don't think everyone can be a leader. Okay, very cool. Um... Okay, another thing that kind of wrap up this this question of toxic leaders like Hitler, um, what do you think can be done to prevent uh, this kind of toxic leadership from from occurring occurring? So I will say occurring. that you need to encourage dissent. Um, like obviously Nazi Germany, if you disagreed with Hitler, you would have been killed. That's not encouraging dissent. That's not a healthy atmosphere for free thought. Um, which is, I would argue, probably one of the many reasons they failed. So I think that, uh, I think you need to encourage diversity of thought. You need to encourage diversity of, I guess, opinions, which I guess is the same thing, diversity of thought. And then you just need to understand that you know, sometimes, like in high school, right, like sometimes there would be one kid that was always disruptive and arguing with the teacher. And sometimes in the real world, those people are actually the people that are the good people because they're mm -hmm. the ones that are standing between, the, like, you know, a monotonous train of thought and everyone else. So, yeah. And I would also mm -hmm. say people need to respect rebels to a healthy degree, but as long as they're doing the right thing, um, it's okay. So Interesting. Um, so in cases of leadership, leaders abusing power, um, and I know you're about to enter into a very important role as a Marine Corps officer and, you know, officers, they, they have, 
and past, there are stories and accounts of military officers abusing power. Um, first of all, does the military teach you as an officer how to um, avoid abusing your power? And, you know, when you are in fellowship positions, um, have they taught you how to deal with other people abusing their power above you? Um, yeah, they basically just say, like, in any unit, there's obviously the officer and then the enlisted under them. Um, but at the end, you're, you're basically taught that as the officer, you're the facilitator, but the people that execute the mission are the enlisted, specifically the NCOs, so the corporals and the sergeants. So basically, they're the ones that are running the show. You're just enabling them to run the show. And as long as you approach it from that perspective, you're never going to really be able to abuse your power because you're empowering other people to do the right thing. Very cool. Okay, and then, um, so last thing I want to talk about with this Chalef typology. So this specific typology um, fo proposes four different styles of leadership. Or sorry, four different styles of followership. Uh, first style is that a follower is a resource. Second, that a follower is more of an individualist. Third, that a follower is more of an implementer. And fourth, that a follower is more of a partner. So a resource, individualist, an implementer, or a partner. A partner. Uh, what style do you consider to be the most important style for a follower to be or the most like beneficial to the group? Uh, I would say that it, in, I think part of the reason the American military has been so great is because the followers I would argue are generally individualist um, oh. they recognize that there is a vested interest in them doing well because we do have a free society um, and it's not a society like the Nazis or the Soviet Union where there's more of a herd mentality um, I think that's what makes the United States very unique and I think it's a beautiful thing so I would say as long as followers are individualists checks abusive power that's interesting i didn't expect you to say that because i would think and maybe other people would think that 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 style would be the probably the most divisive in and and prevent followers from becoming a more cohesive group but you would differ with that yes yeah. that is interesting um okay so all right, we're going to try to get on to another typology. So this one is called the Kellerman typology. And this one proposes the idea that followers are still leaders, but just at a lower rank. What do you think of that? Uh, it depends on what the follower is doing. I mean, no, unless you, I mean, I would, not all followers are leaders. Some followers are leaders, but I would say... Unless you consider leading yourself a leadership role, not all followers are leaders. Um, not everyone can be a leader. That's why there are followers. So I don't agree with that. Do you consider more different, distinct roles? Yes. Okay. Um, another thing we examined in class this week was um, a level of leadership engagement from high involvement to low involvement. So um, here's kind of the... Uh, the levels we talked about. Um, 
isolate, bystander, participant, activist, diehard. Do you think that one of these levels is best across the board? Um, do you think one of these is better for a follower to be? I think it depends. I guess it depends. Like, I think if you have a good cause and you're trying to do the right thing, it's good to be a diehard, you know, go out there and do the best you can. But unfortunately, you know, like, you know, we talked about the SS. They would be diehards for the wrong reasons True. and the wrong cause and do a lot of evil and destruction. And unfortunately, I think that diehards can also turn on leaders sometimes if they don't think the leader is fanatical enough. Mm -hmm. So you always, we, we were always taught, watch out for diehards, no matter how you, you want, at the end of the day, I, I don't know if this is a type you mentioned, but you want people that are individualists. Again, you know, they need to be able to make their own decisions. They need to know when to, you know, give it their all for a cause and also when to not, if that cause is insane. So, in that case, do you think being on the lowest level of involvement and being an isolate follower is a good thing? I don't know everybody? what that means. Can you explain that to me? Being an isolate follower, just the, like you talked about when you were a follower at OCS, it was easy for you to, to be not very involved. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that either because, again, like your leader could be doing something horrible and you not have a clue what's going on. That's another thing that happened in Nazi Germany, right? Some, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, it is quite, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there were some good people that had no clue what was going on because they just didn't want to get involved. And that's how evil people like Hitler do very bad things. Okay, so I know you have to go soon. So two more questions and we'll wrap it up. Um, and again, really expound on your experience in the military on these. Do you think that followers have a responsibility to challenge their leaders? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, they should. Absolutely. Again, I think that's why America is so great. Do you think the military ever almost discourages that? I, I think it depends. I know the Marine Corps actually does not discourage that, which is interesting. Um, officers in the Marines are selected by enlisted personnel. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about the other branches, so I, I can't speak to that. Um, you kind of talked about this a little earlier, but... Final question is, how should followers respond to destructive leaders? They should remove destructive leaders. If so, if, if, if follower, I mean, I, I don't know what context. Like in a military context, you should probably remove destructive leaders in a professional way. Um, I, I don't know. Again, if we're going to use like history, history, if the Germans had removed Hitler a lot, of the evil he did could have been prevented, but I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think I remove them. I certainly don't listen to them and do anything. Right, yeah, so. right. All right, um, I was hoping to get into some more of the typologies, but I know you have to head out. Thank you, brother, for being here. It's good to see you again, and good luck um, as you become an officer. <laughs>